You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. We begin a three-week series today on the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son entitled Coming Home. There are so many people today who are waiting on a prodigal son or daughter to come home. And you know, the truth is, if you have more than one child, you can raise them all the same way. And one can go this way, the other can go that way. Y'all understand that? You know what I mean? And it's God's grace that brings them to their senses that they will return home. And that's what we're going to see here in this story, that this prodigal finally came to his senses. And this prodigal wanted to be treated like a servant because his behavior had been bad. But the father still treated him like a son. Now I know that we do serve the Lord. I know that most of the apostles began their epistles, if you think about it, with servant of Jesus Christ, servant of God. I know we're servants. I know we serve. But what I'm about to say is so important. Don't miss this. But I want to clarify some things about that, and here's the main thing. We're not sons and daughters because we serve. We serve because we're sons and daughters. But we're sons, here's the big one. But we're sons and daughters because of birthright, not because of behavior. Did you catch that? I want to say that one more time. We're sons and daughters because of birthright, not because of behavior. And we're going to look at this in Scripture here, but when the prodigal son returns and finally comes home, the father gives him three gifts. So we're going to take the next three weeks and look at these three gifts. And the first is the robe of righteousness. Now you understand he gives him a robe, he gives him a ring, and he gives him shoes. And so today, we're going to talk about the robe of righteousness and what that means. We're going to read a little bit of Luke 15. Notice how many times, though, when we go through this, that you'll see the word son or you'll see the word servant. And I'm going to show you some things, especially in Luke 15, that I've never seen or heard before. You know, the Word of God is really amazing. It is an amazing thing. You can open up the Word and see something that you've never seen before. That's why every time, like many of you doing now, you read your Bible through, you'll see something you've never seen before. So look at verse 17 of Luke 15. It says, but when he came to himself, that's the prodigal son. And when he realized he had been an idiot, that's what it means in the Greek. He said, how many of my father's hired servants? And I just want you to notice the word hired because it's about, it's talking about employees here. Okay. He's not talking about slaves. 
He's talking about employees or people who aren't enslaved. They're hired. They get paid for what they do. How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? And I just simply want to remind you, we've talked about the blessed life. That doesn't mean the car we drive or the house we live in or anything like that. It means that we have more than enough. It means we have more than enough to provide for our family and more to help others. We're beyond blessed. So he's saying, even my father's employees have more than enough, more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. Why? Remember where he's at. He's in the pig pen. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. You remember that? Now, we're going to come back to this phrase, but watch this. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. There's the word son. We've already seen the word servants. Treat me as one of your hired servants. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Treat me like a servant. Now, try to remember that because you're going to see in a moment that he has already worked up his speech, okay? And the father doesn't even let him finish it. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as a servant. Look at verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was a long, still a long way off, that means the father is always looking for prodigals to come home. His father saw him and felt compassion. That's how he feels about prodigals. And ran. That means, God, I'll come to you if you come to me. You start coming to me. And embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, now remember his speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Notice he didn't let him finish. Treat me like a servant. I can just see it. The father is out on the porch every day looking. For the son. And one day it's like it's this tall hill. And he sees the son. And the father doesn't wait on the son. He just takes running after him. And finally he gets the son. And they embrace. And the son has his speech all written out. And the father is sitting there hugging on him. And the son wants to get the speech. Wait a minute father. Let me just get out my speech. And the father doesn't even let him begin. To just talk and talk and talk. That's the kind of God we serve today. Hear me. Look at verse 22. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. All three of these represent something in the scripture that we'll look at. And shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Notice again, he doesn't let him finish his speech. Now, here's the first thing you need to know about these gifts, and we'll get to point one in a moment, but I just want to explain a little bit about servants, okay? Just a little bit about these gifts. Let me just say the gifts. The first thing you need to know about these gifts, and we'll get to point one in a moment, but I just want to explain 
a little bit about servants and sons, okay? Every gift that he gave him was a gift you gave a son, not a servant. Did you catch that? Every one of them. And I'll show you in Scripture, it's what you took away from servants, but you only gave to sons, the robe, the ring, and the shoes. And I want you to also notice several times, Jesus makes statements like this in John 8, 35. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Galatians 4, 7. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. By the way, John 8 is talking about a slave to sin. Galatians 4 is talking about slave to the law. And then John 15, 15. Jesus said, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. So what does the robe represent again? It's the robe of righteousness. I'm going to show you several scriptures throughout the message, but let me show you one right now. Isaiah 61.10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. The robe of righteousness. So let me remind you, what does righteousness mean? It means right standing with God. Right standing with God. But we're going to talk about that. Remember, I usually like three points if you don't know that, okay? But here's number one. Earned or a gift. Earned or a gift. Now, this will change everything in your life. And you can't imagine how many of you will give the answer, it's a gift, but you act like it's earned. Think about that. This changes everything about the way you see God. Everything about the way you see yourself. Everything about the way you see your behavior and your performance. Everything about the way you see others. Everything about the way you treat yourself. Everything about the way you treat others. And everything about the way you treat God. You can't imagine how. Listen, if I could flip this switch in you that it is 100% a gift and 0% earned, the difference it would make in your life. Tell me something. Tell me what the prodigal son had done to earn these three gifts. Nothing. He'd been a prodigal. Wasteful living. Living in sin. Living without restraint is what a prodigal means. And especially in the area of sex and promiscuity. Um, think about it. In drinking. That's the definition of being a prodigal. So what had he done to earn these gifts? Nothing. They were gifts. And I want you to notice what he says. This is a part, out of all the times I've read this and preached on this passage, I'd never seen it. And another pastor pointed this out. Verse 19. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Okay? Listen. You know what that tells me? That means at some point he thought he was worthy. Did you catch that? Think about it. 
In other words, he wouldn't have said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. He said, I'm no longer worthy. I was. Now, don't miss this. When I stayed at home, and when I did the right things, and I was pleasing mama and daddy, and I was getting along with everybody, and I was acting like a good old Christian should act, I was worthy. But when I did the wrong thing, then I wasn't worthy. Now listen, we think this way. We come to church, and if we've had a bad week, we think, I'm not worthy this Sunday to worship God. I'm a hypocrite. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you ever felt like that, because many of you have. Nobody knows what I did this week or did last night. I'm no longer worthy to be called a son or a daughter. And then we have a good week. And we say, man, I've read my devotion. I've read up, kept up with my Bible. Man, five out of seven days, I've had a pretty good week. So this week, I'm worthy. Well, let me just give you some good news, which is actually maybe bad news to you, but it's actually good news. Did you hear all that? You've never been worthy. You've never been worthy. If you do the devotional all seven days, you're not worthy. Okay? So let me show you a few verses. Now, I'm in Romans 4. And it's talking about Abraham. But it quotes some Old Testament scriptures to back it up. And then it takes it and it applies it to us. And I'll go back to the scripture about Abraham. But I did want to start with that. Then you'll see why in a moment. All right? Romans 4, 6 says, just as David also describes the blessedness, or blessed means happy, the happiness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from works. Let me say it another word, another way. To whom God balances his account of righteousness apart from works. Romans 4, 23 and 24. Now, it was not written for his sake alone. Now, this is talking about Abraham. That is what, that is, was imputed to him, but also for us. It was written for us. It shall be imputed to us. Now, listen. In other words, our accounts shall be balanced to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Is it earned? Righteousness? No. It's imputed. It's a gift. It's free. So you can't say, listen, you can't say, I'm not worthy this week because I just want you to know you weren't worthy last week and you won't be worthy next week. Do you understand that? So here's the scripture where Romans 4 kind of puts all of this together, but I'm going to show you a different word. In the English, it's the exact same Greek word for imputed. Okay? It's the same Greek word of the two I just read that are imputed. Romans 4, 3. For what does the Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. In other words, when Abraham believed God, put his faith in God, God put righteousness in Abraham's account. And the reason he can do that is because he put Abraham's sin into his son's account. 
The reason your account and my account got balanced is because God took our debt of our account and put his assets into our account. He took, listen, our debt out of our account and put his assets into our account. That's the reason your account got balanced. That's why. Here's the second thing I want to tell you. Don't listen to the accuser. Boy, how's that going for you this morning, last night? They'll never accuse you of anything. And Zechariah is perfect. It's perfect about how God clothes us, removes our iniquity, and gives us a robe of righteousness. And it's talking about Joshua. There are two Joshuas in the Old Testament you need to know. One led the people into the promised land. He was Moses' successor. The other was the high priest that led the people of God back into the promised land after the exile. Okay? There are only two Joshuas in the Old Testament. And what does Joshua mean? It means God saves. Okay? God is salvation. So this is talking about Joshua, the high priest here. Look at verse 1 of Zechariah 3. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. When it says the angel of the Lord, it's talking about Jesus and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. Now get this picture in your mind. Notice where he's standing at his right hand. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Now look, look at this. Is this in other words, he's referring to Joshua here. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now, Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity. That's what filthy garments stand for. I have removed your iniquity from you and I will clothe you with rich robes. Iniquity is from the root word inequity. In other words, what iniquity means is not equal. It is inequitable. Here's what this means. None of us are equal with God. Put all of the good you've ever done, you'll never be equal with God. You can't be. The only way you can ever be equal with God is to invite Jesus into your life who's equal with God. But he said, I've removed your filthy garments. Now, here's what all of us think. That means his sins. And he said, I have removed your iniquities. It is. It does mean his iniquities. But I'd like to take that just a little bit further. There were two trees in the garden. You remember those trees? There was the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, we think a lot about iniquity as only being evil. But I want, what I want you to understand is even what you've done that's good isn't, listen, isn't God? Listen, even what you've done that's good isn't God. You still haven't got over to the tree of life yet. See, a lot of times we actually say this. Well, I'm trying to choose between good and evil. But what we should be saying is, 
we're trying to choose between life and death. Big difference, isn't it? That's what we should say. God is life. So here's what I'm showing you. He said, I have taken away your filthy garments. Okay? A shocking scripture when you put these two together. Isaiah 64, 6. All our righteousness, plural, are like filthy rags. In other words, filthy garments. Okay, here's what I'm trying to say. Don't miss this. The best thing about me is not as good as the worst thing about God. Do you hear that? The best thing about me is not as good as the worst thing about God. Even the good things that I have done are still, listen, inequitable with God. So, he removes his iniquity. He removes his iniquity. That's one thing. But another thing that he does is he rebukes his accuser. Remember, he said Satan standing at the right hand and the Lord rebuked him. Standing at the right hand, this is good. Now listen, if you can't figure out this is good, your wood is wet or something. Now listen to me. This is good. Revelations 12. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them accused past tense. Before our God day and night has been cast down. Now, some believe it happened before the fall of the world. Some believe it happens at the second coming. Some believe this happened at the cross. But I do want to show you. Remember, Satan was standing at the right hand. I want to just combine that with another scripture, and that is Romans 8.34. Who is he who condemns? In other words, who condemns God's elect? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. And just to make the point, I'm going to keep this word furthermore. And furthermore, who is even at the right hand of God? And furthermore, who makes intercession for us? You don't only, listen, you don't only not have an accuser anymore you now have an intercessor at the right hand of God. Amen? You used to have an accuser at the right hand of God. You now have an advocate at the right hand of God. Aren't you thankful? So Jesus, I got chill bones. He removes iniquities. He rebukes the accuser. And then he robes him. You know why? Because he doesn't leave him naked. Remember, he says to Joshua, not only am I going to remove your filthy garments, I'm going to clothe you with rich robes. Rich robes. And listen, by that rich, if we went to Revelation, it talks about the richness that God has. Please hear me. Everyone talks about gold streets. We talk about streets of gold. That's not what it is. 
If you want to look at it, read Ephesians 2. Our God, who is rich in mercy. That's how rich he is. He's rich enough to forgive your sins. He's rich enough to pay the full penalty for you. He's rich enough that Jesus did a substitutionary, to use another big theological word, propitiatory, blood-bought salvation. That's what Jesus did for you completely. That's how rich God is. You know, I got saved at 10, but it was probably 15 to 20 years before I understood about the robe of righteousness. I understood that God forgave me of all my sin. But I was out of fellowship with God after my girlfriend got murdered for about three or four years, between the age of 18 and 21, just back and forth, still going to church. What I didn't realize was that he took away my shame. And I walked in shame for those three or four years because of the sin I was involved in until I understood that the robe was to take away and to cover me from my past. I didn't have to tell everybody what I'd done because I had a rope. Here's the last point. Live like a son. Here's what I want to say. I said at the first, we're not sons because we serve, but we do serve because we're sons. So don't go live in the pig pen. Don't leave the father's house. Don't. There's no reason to do this. I'm talking about righteousness is a gift, but we still should live righteously. We now have the power of the Holy Spirit in us to live righteously. It doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect, but it does mean we ought to try to be righteous and live righteously. Revelations 19. When it talks about the bride, it says in verse 8, And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. So there's righteousness. There's a robe of righteousness that I get just because I accept Jesus Christ. When I, but when I go to heaven, that's when I get it. Listen, there's fine linen that I'm clothed with, which were my own righteous acts that I did under the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm righteous because of the blood of Jesus. I'm not righteous by my performance. I'm righteous by his performance. But I'm tempted to live unrighteously sometimes, and that's when I have to rely on the Holy Spirit. What about you? So I'll tell you a story, and then we're finished. Lori and I went to Walmart back probably last March or April when everything was really, really crazy. Remember those times? And we went in, and we divide up the grocery list a lot of times. She never sends me to the meat department because I still thought hamburger meat was 99 cents a pound. That tells you how long it's been since I really shopped like that. So she, we divide the list, and I got most of the cleaning supplies. And on my list is toilet paper, hand sanitizer, and I needed some 91% alcohol that I put on my wood pellets when I start my fire, my stove thing at home. 
So, I just happen to have those items. And I get back there to the toilet paper aisle, and the shelves were empty. It was like Black Friday on steroids. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I wondered what had happened. I wanted to know how could everybody have the same kind of stomach problem at the same time? You know, my mind was running everywhere. So I asked one of the workers what had happened. They said, well, it's all because of the COVID, the pandemic, and people were panicking. Well, I wasn't very happy. You can ask my wife. And I began to lose my patience and was close to probably losing my temper. I've confessed to you before that I struggle with patience. I'm not always the most patient person. But I was about to ask for Mr. Walmart. You know what I mean? So I then decided to go check out the hand sanitizer. And the same thing occurred. So then I said, well, I'll at least go get my 91% alcohol. Mm, It wasn't pretty. So I get down there and that was strike three. Man, I was just trying to fan the smoke out of my head. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And I'm just about to say, oh, well, uh, well, you can fill in the blanks there. Now, I know you've never thought anything like this, right? Huh? But I'm about to say to one of the associates something that wasn't very nice. Now, let me go ahead and tell you, if you have thoughts like that, you're welcome here at Lima Baptist Temple, okay? You're welcome because every now and then, I have some thoughts, all right? Okay, we all have thoughts. So I'm trying to think of how to say something, but not, you know, just don't be so unrighteous about it. And I notice someone has moved up beside me. And you have to remember now, I'm Pastor Al from Lima Baptist Temple. And it seems like everywhere we go, somebody knows who I am. Hmm? You remember some of you remember me telling you that when I first was I was at College Hill Baptist Church, the church for here, I was driving around and I, I had a little road rage and I had to take the sticker that said College Hill Baptist Church off the back of my truck. I didn't want anybody to know I was from church, much less pastor. So anyhow, I'm in there and I'm 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 just thinking and about that time, but some people run into us. And usually we'll run into church members, especially at Walmart and different places. And, but a lot of times, just people that I've never seen before. But with live streaming TV, you've got to understand, people recognize who I am. So it doesn't matter if somebody's 200 yards and low, and I can't hardly see them. And when I see a hand, I just wave back because I don't know if it's me or whoever. So listen to this. True story. But it seems to never fail. And I had a young lady on this particular day standing there. She says, hello, Pastor Al. You baptized me a few years ago. And I got out of the habit of going to church. And I really want to get back involved. And this was right before I was uh, about to, well, you know, express my unhappiness about no toilet paper, no sanitizer, and my 91% alcohol. So this is what I want you to hear before we close. So I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus. But I don't always live righteously, but I want to. I want to be a good example of our Lord. What about you? You see, I am so grateful.
that Jesus Christ has clothed me with the robe of righteousness. And remember, righteousness is right standing with God, and I don't earn right standing with God. It's a gift. Jesus Christ lived the perfect life. You and I could never live the perfect life. Jesus Christ bought my salvation. And because of that, I put my faith in Jesus. And when I did, I received a robe of righteousness. A white robe. Revelation says that. In other words, I receive right standing with God. And I'm so grateful for that right standing that it is a gift. And not earn. And I want to encourage each of you today to try and walk in the righteousness that Jesus Christ died for so you can have that righteousness and that right standing with God. As we get ready to pray, I know that there are people who have wayward children, wayward grandchildren prodigal sons, prodigal daughters. And if you just need to come to the altar today and pray or come to one of us pastors, you feel uh, to do that, you come. But you guys, listen, we've got to understand we've never earned this. It's only because of the blood of Jesus that any of us have any hope. And I want you to know this morning that there is nothing that our God can't do. Amen? And I'll tell you, the way our country is right now, when I was listening to that song, all my hope is in you, Lord. And when I was hearing the song, he'll do it again. And he will. Whatever you need to pray for today, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you want that robe of righteousness, you need to come today and just ask Jesus to be your Savior. You're here today, you need to join this church. You just want prayer. This altar will be open. Father, today, we thank you again for your word. And God, we thank you that, Lord, the gift of salvation. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, you paid a debt that we could not pay. Lord, you didn't even owe it. But that's how much you love us. Lord, I lift up families in here today who have wayward, prodigal children. God, I pray that you would bring them back home and I know so many times God we we want to hear their speech and we want to hear what all they have to say but God if we could ever be like you and just swallow our pride and just say welcome home welcome home we love you we forgive you God just break our hearts the way they need to be broken today for our children just like your heart is always broke for your children Lord, whatever needs to happen in this place today, God, I pray that it will happen. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple Podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.